I've still got my Bible turned to First Peter, Acts chapter number eight. That's what we preached at the other night. Acts chapter number eight, and I'll let you keep you keep your seat tonight. If you find your place, say Amen. 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 Well, that's weak for a Wednesday night. If you found your place, say Amen. Amen. If you're glad you saved, say Amen. Amen. That's a little bit better for crowd we got tonight. Amen. <laughs> you couldn't say it if you hadn't found it, could you? Amen. Acts chapter number 8, verse number 3 through verse number 4. The Bible said this, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hauling men and women committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Let's read those one more time. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now, in our last study, we ended by looking at Stephen as he had been stoned to death for what you and I believe tonight. Uh, he was offering tonight this Jewish council the grace of God. But we know tonight they would not listen to what it is that Stephen had to say. So what a sad time that we can see here in our text tonight. I guess if we want to look at it with our glass half full tonight. But mine's about to flow over because of what is truly going on here in our text tonight. I mean, it is a sad time for this council tonight and for those that would reject the gospel of Christ. It was sad for them, but it's a kind of happy time for this man named Stephen here in our text tonight. It was as this crowd hurled stones upon Stephen tonight that Stephen gets to look up into heaven and he gets to see Jesus Christ standing up tonight and it's like Christ is welcoming him, welcoming him home tonight. And what a day it's going to be, friend, when you and I get to see heaven as it's rolled back for you and I, and we get to peek in that place, and then the next thing that we know, there we are to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, friend, we can see it rolling back just about every day that we live. This thing's about to wrap up. We are getting closer and closer and closer to home. Ain't you glad tonight that this world is not our home. Boy, what if this world had been Stephen's home and all that he would have had to look forward to tonight was being stoned to death and wake up in hell. But ain't you glad tonight that even though he was stoned to death, this man looked up in the heaven and he knew that his journey was about over and he was going to see Jesus. Ain't you glad tonight, friend, the journey's about over and we're about to see Jesus. Hallelujah, friend. What a day it's going to be. I believe that she's coming soon. Don't you? Well, I believe tonight. I know that uh, Stephen may have had some problems down here in his life. And he was trying to serve Christ. But I believe that if we were to ask Stephen and we said, Stephen, was it worth it tonight? I believe Stephen would look at us and say, do you really have to ask? Think about that. 
I mean, I believe that he'd look at us and say, it was all worth the wait. Hey, every trial that I had, every struggle that I went through, I bet Stephen said it was worth it in the end, don't you? I believe he'd tell us to carry on tonight, even when life gets tough, even when the crowd looks at you and they say, oh, there's just a few that goes out yonder. I'm telling you, friend, it's all going to be worth it in the end. So let's carry on. Oh, friend, Stephen carried on. Look what he got to see. Hallelujah. He tells us to carry on when life gets hard. That means we'll have even more to lay at Jesus' feet. See, we've got the wrong attitude today and the wrong idea. We'll go through things, and I don't know if y'all do this or not, but I get the back of smoly grubs. As that preacher said last week, I had never called it. I had never heard it called that before until now. You probably have, but I have. And he said, we get the Baptist moly grubs. And I asked him after church, I said, what's that? <laughs> Just picking at it. But I believe tonight he would tell us to carry on despite the moly grubs. And friend, listen, Stephen was a man that stayed faithful in his fight of faith. That's what you and I need to do in our day and in our time. Hey, I'm glad to know tonight that even though there are times the fight gets hard, there's times that, that we might even look in the fight and say, well, is there any use to carry on? Shall we just quit tonight? I don't think we should quit, buddy. I think we should hunker down and I think we should carry on for the glory of Christ, don't you? The Bible said in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. He never said stop. He never said quit. He never said lay down. He said fight. Amen. And friend, we don't fight with our hands. We fight a spiritual battle tonight. But the Bible said, uh, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. If we laid hold on the eternal things tonight we can be like Stephen and we can realize that we're not living for the things of this life and what the world calls success but we are living to hear the Savior say you succeeded while you were upon the earth that's what we're living for tonight well Stephen realized it and not only did he realize that when things were going good he realized that when things were going bad Amen. That's why he cried out before he died. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. You know what? He wasn't living to please men. He was living to please Christ. Well, I tell you, what a man of God we see in our text tonight. As his life is laid down in our text. What an example for us to follow after tonight. We looked at that in our previous study. Then our last study, we saw what else took place at Stephen's death. We read in verse number 1 of chapter 8, the Bible said, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. This is when we see Saul mentioned tonight, who later on is going to get saved and become Paul. But it was at this time he's consenting to the death of Stephen. And as we said in our last study, he's doing that tonight for the sake of his religion. Religion is a bad thing. Being saved by the blood of Christ is a great thing. I'm not religious. I'm saved. Amen. So religion had taught Paul tonight it's okay to kill and imprison people. There's a religion today that calls people 
to crash slaves in the two towers. Religion can do bad things. So, anyway, religion had told Paul it's okay to kill Christians. Stephen died here at Paul's consent. But it was at this time that now the gospel of Christ would spread all the more throughout the land. Because it was after the persecution and after the stoning of Stephen, the people fled. But friend, tonight, here's what happened. They fled with the gospel of Christ filled in their mouth and they had to get it out. Hey friend, listen tonight. These people would take the gospel with them wherever it was that they went tonight. And the thing we can see from this is that no matter how hard the devil tries to stop the gospel, the gospel will carry on because the church will stand tonight. Does the Bible not say, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gospel will go the church will go on until Jesus calls it out. It will carry on. And the thing we can see is we need to carry on. People are going to keep getting saved. If we stop tonight, what if that one that comes through the door needs to be born again comes up to the church store and the church store is closed? We can't stop. We've got to carry on. Souls need to be saved. The gospel will continue to go out no matter how hard the devil tries to stop it. And that gospel is all right here in God's Word. Amen. God's Word is settled in heaven. It cannot be undone tonight. And friend, we also know the Bible said in Psalm 119 and 89, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. It'll stand the test of time. There's nothing that the devil can do to stop it. We'll look farther into that as well as we carry on. But we read verse 1. And verse number 2, the Bible said, And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. The people are crying because this man of God has been stoned to death. But even though this man had died for what you and I believe in tonight, it was what you and I believe in that was still yet going out. As a matter of fact, now it was going out more than it had ever went out before. And friend, for that, we ought to be thankful tonight. We saw that in our last study. We see the people are mourning over the death of Stephen. Let's get back in our study tonight and see what else God will show us. Let's read again verse number 3. The Bible said, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hauling men and women, committed them to prison. So we see this man tonight named Saul again. And not only did he just consent to the death of Stephen, but he's now wreaking havoc on the church. And one man has said that this word havoc here in our text had to do with a slaughter that would come from a wild beast. So it's kind of giving you the idea tonight of an animal that's hunting its prey. And when it gets that prey, that animal will rip that prey to shreds. So it was Saul at this time who was trying to rip this church to pieces. He was like a wild man, if you will, tonight. Now he's raging like a wild lion in our text against God's church and against God's people. And the thing that he would do tonight, he'd go into people's homes tonight. And we see that in verse number 3 there. So it was at this time that Saul, if he so much as caught wind tonight, that a Christian was living in a house, he would go to that house, he would break in that house, and he would commit them to jail. Now, could you imagine 
Somebody coming into your house today. Oh, we're going to probably go down with a five. Probably, more than likely. We do have guns in Tennessee. Amen. Amen. So could you imagine living in that day and time? There were probably not one home. There probably was not one home that didn't feel the oppression of Saul at this time. And not only that, but I can picture this man as well. As he's searching out the cities to see if there were people that were there that believed on the name of Christ in those homes. And then tonight when he found believers there, takes them to jail. So would it not be awful tonight and if we were uh, going to jail because of what we believed in? But men did. Women did. Friend, I'm glad that it's not happening in our day and time. But at any rate, that's what Saul would do. And if studies show right, he would have had them killed if he had been permitted to. But get a hold of this. So it's the Word of God that shows us the council could not do that this time. In John 18.31, the Bible said this, Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. So they couldn't. But they might not have been able to have him killed, so they locked him up. And there's no telling what else went on with these people uh, in our text just wanting to worship God and spread the news that Jesus saves. It was Saul in his zeal at this time that thought he's doing the right thing. Later on, this is all going to change. That's where we're going, heading with all this later. But the Bible said in Acts 26, 9 through 11, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Paul's speaking there, Acts 26 and 10. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, he had to have their authority first. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. You know what he's doing? Speak evil against your Lord. Recant the name of Christ. I bet I can hear old Paul say, if you say that you don't believe in Christ, I'll let you live. He's wanting them to blaspheme. May I say to you tonight, that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to quit. He don't like us. The Bible said, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. So it was the chief priest who had the authority to kill him. And when that time came for them to die, Paul, I don't see that he really killed them here, but he might as well have. He consented to, for them to die. And what a sad time in the Word of God. No home is safe at this time, but later it would be no ear that would not hear the gospel of Christ. Hey, because of a man named Saul tonight, when he gets saved and when he becomes Paul, he will have the same zeal that he had for his false religion, but instead of being against Christ, at that time, he'll be for Christ. And then we hear him say in Acts 20, 26 through 27, he said, Wherefore, I take to you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men. All men. Amen. That means wherever Paul went, he had preached to every man that he met. Amen. He's pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He said, I didn't just share some of it with you. I gave it all to you. That lets us know that 
that we're to preach the whole entire Bible just as it's laid out in our text. But what a contrast between two men who are the same men, but something happens because he got a change in his life. Ain't you glad tonight that you ain't the same person that you was before you got saved? And if you are tonight, there's something up with that. Something happens when you get saved. Friend, what we'll see is a change takes place in his life. Friend, it was right now that Saul's wreaking havoc on this church. Later on, he's going to partner with the church and to get the gospel out to a people to where the gospel had not gone before. Hey, friend, it's here in our text that even though we see God's church is being persecuted, the thing we can still yet see is that God is still yet fighting for His church. God is fulfilling His word. The gates of hell are not prevailing against His church. And for the believer, just like Christ is up in heaven, He is fighting for the church today. I guarantee you that. And even though He don't fight with God, I'm glad he fights with something better with the Holy Spirit of God. Ain't you glad tonight we can't see him? But I'm telling you tonight, he sees us. He knows right where we're at. And he wants us to carry on and keep going. Amen. He don't want us to lay down like a bunch of no good uh, uh, for nothing, a bunch of dogs. He wants us to carry on tonight and keep on in the fight. That's what happened in our text. Friend, it was at this time we can see Jesus Christ was on the throne. Friend, is Christ still on the throne tonight? I just happen to believe that yes, He is. He ain't stepped out of the cloud yet. Amen. He's coming back. But He's still on the throne. The blood's still just as fresh as it was some 2,000 years ago. It's still saving sinners and saving souls tonight. And it wants us to carry on. Friend, the gospel of Christ was still yet extending throughout this region. It was accomplishing that which God had sent it to do. It was the fires of persecution tonight that could not stop God's people from sharing the gospel of Christ. Just like there's nothing the devil can do in our day to get the gospel of Christ to stop tonight. He can't. Well, you say, preacher, what's the problem? We are. We are stopping it. Now the devil does have devices to amuse us and amuse us with and get us off track. But really, it's our fault. The gospel is still going to accomplish what God sent it to do. So who's hindering? The devil does hinder, but oftentimes we let him. See, the fires of persecution couldn't stop the gospel. And if we're willing to spread it, it will spread. We've got mouths to use. We just don't spread it. It's still yet spreading today though, all because of a people who still yet have the zeal of God upon their life and in their hearts. And no matter how hard the times got in our text, or no matter how hard they get in our day, the gospel ought to ring out of our mouths. It ought to show up in our lives tonight. Hey, folks need to get saved. We ought to lift up our voices like these saints of God tonight and cry out and tell the world that Jesus saves. I'm telling you, friend, just because persecution happened, the gospel fire didn't go out and it has been shown to Tonight, all through the history of the church that when the fire got the hottest the gospel burned the brightest you know what tonight friend, the world don't like what we preach and what we teach but now is the time that it needs to be going out Amen. 
Well, preacher, that might mean we have to do something. It might. It really might. And I may take some heat for this, but sometimes we do have to get out there and spread it a little bit. That's what I hope happens as a lady gets a turkey dinner. You say, how's that show the gospel? Well, Jesus Christ showed them people grace, didn't he? Friend, can't we show some grace around the area somehow? Y'all tell me how and let's roll with it. Let's do it. Y'all tell me how. You know more people than I know. Friend, persecution happened. Gospel goes out, verse number 4. And I'm going to get out of your way tonight and let you go home and get in your nice warm bed. The Bible said this. Therefore, they were scattered abroad. They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the Word. I want you to get a hold of this. Persecution happened. We've said that already. And right here in our text tonight came the first missionaries. Now, stay with me, alright? First missionaries in our text. What are missionaries? Alright? Missionaries are people that will take the gospel and spread it. So tonight, you can look at me and I'll look at you. It's all right. So tonight I'm looking at some missionaries in this church. Preacher, I'm a missionary. Yeah, really are. Look, friend, that's what we're to be as we go about and live the gospel of Christ in our life. Tell folks about it. While I'm at it, I don't see that these were ordained ministers in our text. I don't see that. I've read it and I know some men that say that, but I just, I don't see it. I do not see that. What I see is some people, just like you, just like me, and they said, you know what? I just want to go and tell somebody how Jesus saved my life. Boy, I was telling you, I tell you what, I was at food line one time, and this man was on a cake, living his way through food line, and he gets up to the cash register. And he looks the lady in the eye who is bagging his groceries and he said, Honey, I want to tell you something. He said, Colin's pity cooked to me. And he took his cane for just a second, raised up there and put it back down. He said, Colin's been so good to me. He said, I hope you know him. Because he's died for you. He loves you. Man, I want some of what he's got. Don't you? <laughs> I mean, he put me to shame. He's walking around on a cane. Friend, we are to announce to folks and tell folks the good news that Jesus saves. And even though they didn't set themselves up as ministers of the gospel, they still yet did announce tonight that Jesus Christ had come to be the Savior of the world. They probably told just what Stephen told as well, how they were all guilty of the shedding of the blood of Jesus. But then they told him, they said, wait a minute, that's not it. There's also grace tonight, that undeserved kindness, and how that God tonight had exalted Jesus to sit on the throne, the right hand of God. I'm telling you tonight, Jesus Christ had been put into these people's hearts. But I'm telling you, friend, when Christ gets our heart tonight, He'll get out of our mouth. But I'm telling you tonight, friend, whatever has our heart will come outside. Tell me how I know. Because it comes out of mine. Amen. If I'm looking for a big deer, that's what's going to come out of my mouth. 
If I want to see the 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 the, the next game, the Duke Carolina game, that's what's going to come out of my mouth. And then I'll call my friends, did you see that ball game? Well, I'll call them up and say, guess what happened down at the church house today? <laughs> well, do we do that? Oh, oh, we should. We should. Friend, so Jesus lives in our hearts. His name ought to be about our mouths. He was in these mouths today. While we're on this topic, I just want to say it's okay for all believers to give out the gospel of Christ. Every single one of us. And so many people leave all that up to the preacher. Right? I did when I sat in a pew. I said, well, that's his job. Amen. I've been there. And not only is it for us all to do, it's the greatest thing that we can do. All around us is a mission field tonight. Many of you will go right back to your field tomorrow called the job, uh, the town, wherever it is that you go. And the thing we ought to do is take a second and tell somebody about the greatest news that we have in the world. Everybody wants to talk about the news. Look at this. We couldn't do it like this. Somebody says, did you see the news yesterday? So look, all the news is bad, but I got some of the best news I can ever tell you here. You know what they do? Or they may walk away. <laughs> it's all right. At least we tried. We've got Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and uh, and whatever other grams there is. Telegrams still work probably, I don't know. But I'm telling you, friend, listen to me. We can be missionaries tonight. It was these people, they were scattered. And we see tonight they preach Christ. So it is you and I that ought to preach Him, not only with our mouths. Every action that we make ought to show Him. Our lives ought to reflect Him. And we should not only tell Him that Jesus was born of a virgin. We shouldn't just tell Him tonight that He's laying in a manger somewhere. We shouldn't just tell Him tonight He hung on a cross. We ought to tell Him tonight He died and bled for them. And then He caught up on the third day. And He took the blood to the, right, to the, to the, to the hand of the Father. And the blood's just as fresh. And buddy, once it gets applied to your life, heaven will be your home. I don't know of any better news that we have tonight. I've still got good news. Don't you? That's an awful week, amen. Do you have good news? That's a little better. Let's try it one more time. Do you have good news? Come on, preacher! I've got good news. Right? There may be times we get made fun of. And people may not think too much of us. They may even think we're weird. But I've still got the best news in the world. Friend, it's persecution that's good for the church tonight. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? The thing I mean tonight is that persecution here in our text opened up the gospel so wide, it's being spread throughout the land. Think about Christ. Christ was persecuted tonight for what you and I believe as well. Hey, friend, and he was, a, he was a persecuted to the point of his death, and there were many that saw him die. But his disciples not only saw him die, they went and spread some news. He said, take the gospel to the highways and the hedges and tell Friend, we ought to tell them what good news we've got tonight because of the gospel of Christ. We've got the news and we don't have fake news. We've got the facts tonight that Jesus saves. I'm glad we're just passing through this world. This world is not my home. 
But friend, here's the church and Christ and Stephen, they were all persecuted before it got good. And so it is with the church sometimes. We may have fights and we may have struggles sometimes. But I'm telling you, most of the time, right after a struggle comes something good. Most of the time. Amos 6 and 1, woe to them. Here's the problem today. I'm, I'm trying to hush. Bible said in Amos 6 and 1, woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. You know what's happened to churches today? We've got comfortable. We've got comfortable. I'm going to make this side sit on this side next Sunday and let's see what happens here. <laughs> we'll have church outside, not, not when it's too cold for that. But listen, friend, uh, I'm kidding, but I believe sometimes we've just gotten too comfortable on God. Honestly, I do. And not only can it cause us to get cold on God, it can cause us to get careless on God. Friend, it would help us to get our love for God back in our life. We got padded pews, which is great. We've got hate, which is great. We've got air conditioner, which is wonderful. And we come in Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and we go back out. We come in, and we go out. Come in, and we go out. And we get comfortable. And that's another reason we have revival. But friend, I'm afraid that in our day, we have become so at ease. There's little persecution against the church today. Now, I haven't heard of anybody trying to blow down the door to try and get to us for what we do. And it's made us at ease. The thing that I hope we realize from all this tonight, we do have freedoms because of men like these in our text tonight. Stands what we need to do. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 13, Wherefore, take in you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. We've become comfortable in a land where there's not much persecution in the church, but even though there's not much of that, the thing we're seeing in our day is we are seeing apostasy and people are falling by the wayside when what we truly need are some men and some women tonight that would make up their minds that they're going to be like this people in our text tonight and they're going to be like missionaries on the field. Amen. And they're going to tell somebody in the right way about Jesus Christ. With that on my mind, I'm going to close out out like this, I've got a challenge for you. How many of you like a good dare? I know one fellow, he's not, but I can't say that. I know one fellow here, and he told me one time, he said, Preacher, if you dare me to do it, I'm probably going to do it. Tonight I dare you to do something. Go out and tell one person about a man named Jesus. I dare you. You're going to take the dare or not? I dare me too. How's that? I dare me too. We're in this dare together. Take a Bible track and pass it out. Strike up a conversation. Do you know what it'll really help you do? It'll get you excited again about serving Christ. Sometimes we get so comfortable that we just neglect it. These people went, they spread the gospel of Christ. As a church, that's what we're supposed to do. I am looking forward to next Sunday morning hearing about what happened because you told somebody about Christ. I dare you. You don't have to take me up on it. But I wish you would. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.